What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 22 of the High Bar Podcast. This is Michael here, just introducing you guys to our return to the podcast after a several few months of Raw Nationals, amongst other obligations. We're excited to have you back. You're going to listen in to join us right in the middle of some casual conversation of our coaches catching up and just recapping our athlete performances from Raw Nationals, what we took away from the meet. And we're excited to also introduce you all to the newest addition to our coaching staff, Nathan Tepes. There was like a, they had like a, chur- they had like a churro stand the other day. Oh, that's pretty I, sweet. I had quite a few. Yeah, with like chocolate and vanilla dip. Oh man. Yeah, dude. I had like a good six churros. <laughs> Eight year old me would have been <laughs> having a field day, dude. Yeah. I'm surprised I've I'm like staying at two hundred right now. Like I'm not dude, blowing my, up. My body weight's my body's been weird too lately. So like since Nats, and this happens after every meet. I don't know if you guys ever experienced this, but like after cutting for a meet, even though it's like an acute cut. For whatever reason, my body weight just kind of stays down after the meet for like a considerable period of time. And I've just like, I've gone to the Brazilian steakhouse near my apartment and I just do their like lunch special, eat like two pounds of meat, like crush the the buffet bar area and then get like a creme brulee and ice cream. And I've managed to stay under 190 like every day since Nats. Yeah, it's a weird phenomenon, but yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, like there have been times where I would just go back to like eating normally after na- after a meet and my body weight would be within like a kilo or a kilo and a half of the class. I, I don't know why it happens. Hmm. Jaron. Can't hear you. Can you hear me now? There it is. What's up, handsome? Yeah. Not much, man. Just- just going about my day. How's how's everything with you guys? Good man. I saw you on uh, I saw you on TikTok the other day with your Costco grocery haul, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We do these uh these big hauls every every like three to four weeks. Stock up for for the apartment. Stock up for Ukio. So yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's it's always fun like just documenting it actually. And then I did like a uh, hopped in on the the voiceover for that one too. <laughs> For everyone, for everyone wondering it's what I'm talking fun. about, uh, TikTok, because apparently I'm a child and I'm on TikTok. Um, whenever someone whose contact you have saved has a TikTok, it'll like recommend their stuff. So I just see like Jaron and Chelsea on her on her TikTok a bunch, and we heard Jaron giving the voiceover for his chicken patties that he was buying at a hospital <laughs> the other day. Got to man, chicken patties. The Costco steak is fucking crazy too. Man. Oh, those like sirloin, pa- the, the, it's like, yes. it's like a white package, yes. right? Yes. Yes. The macros like on two- that is insane. Yeah. Yeah. And it tastes good. Like yeah. it's, it's good, man. I and they, and it comes medium recommend. rare too. Yeah. Yeah. It no, does. Really good. It does, bro. So yeah, that was fun, man. It's fun. How's everything going with you guys? Good. How are you? How are you doing? Me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm doing right. good. I can't complain. And um, was that? Yeah, I mean, is it's that, uh, is that shirt available? That is one sexy shirt, right? Yeah, this is yeah. this is actually the sh- the shirt that we did for the the Honolulu Nightlift. This was back in July. Um, 
we actually I just forgot to post it like on our on our social media at the time. Um, so we never made like a formal announcement that we were selling these shirts. We just sold it that weekend, but um, we primarily sold out of it the the weekend of the competition. So okay, yeah, but it's like kind of like a it's like a gradient, you know, neon yeah. themed. Is there a gradient shirt. on that? I can't I can't really see it. It is. Wow. It is. It is. It is. Who, it's like who, a dark purple here to like a light purple. Who printed it? It's um this new company or i should relatively new company that we're working with they've been in business for a while but like for us we just started working with them the past maybe five or so months um but they're called blank canvas they're uh they're amazing to work with and yes it's screen printed too man they're one of the first i mean like i don't know i wasn't exposed to too many screen printing companies but the ones that i did work with in the past they couldn't do gradients it was just like hard set colors and just you know no mixing but yeah, they're able to do a gradient, man. It's pretty sick. And they're local? Yep, they're local. That's, that's huge, man, because honestly, just yeah. it's hard to find good screen printers like on the mainland. Like mm -hmm. I've gone through, you know, I work with with Alex, you know, Uslar at Ghost now, but like prior to that, I had so many mess ups and yeah. like, like I remember one of the largest orders I had done up to a certain point they sent me like the hundreds of units that they made and everything was wrong. And I was like, you have to, oh, I was like, I was like, you have to refund all of this. I was like, you guys sent me 200 shirts that are all the wrong color, like entirely wrong. Um, and that was a whole, dude, thing. I remember that. You remember it was the yellow, the yellow and the yeah. purple shirts, dude. It was not even yes, close. Yes. They were so bad. <laughs> and like one of them, the yellow one, the print was like 50% of the size. It was just like a little ball right in the middle of the shirt. <laughs> Yeah, it was hard. I remember that, bro. Yeah, you were pissed. <laughs> I remember texting you. You were like, "I what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I can't, I can't sell this. This is terrible." Oh. And I was trying to be just like supportive, and I was like, "You know what? Like, it doesn't look, it doesn't, it doesn't look that bad, man. Like, it's, you know, it, it still looks good." And you're like, "Dude, there's no way. Like, I'm not selling this." But I, I understand. I understand what what that feel is now because like there's. There was a time recently where we did have a misprint. Um, relatively recently, honestly, this is there. This was for one of our projects, um, and it was us going back and forth of like, you know, do we sell it and the color is slightly off, or, you know, it's like, but if you do, it's it's just not the product that you want to put out there, you know, yeah. and especially if it's something that you advertise, it's like, hey, this is what our shirt design is supposed to look like, and then we get it and it's like a different shade, yeah, and. I was like, you know, I mean, yeah, we, we kind of got to eat some costs here and there, but it's like, if I sold that, that's not the product that I'm proud of. And if I see people wearing it, I'm, every time I see it, instead of being like, oh shit, that's dope. If I see the misprinted one, I'm going to be like, oh my God, I fucking hate that thing, man. So <laughs> now, you know, because yeah. it's <laughs> yes, like, yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What you're saying is like the the consumer side of it you're like i feel like i'm delivering a false promise and it wasn't what i advertised number one yep. and then number two it's like when it's your like your creative child when it doesn't look the way you envision it it just it just you're so obsessive about it you're just like it has to be exactly as i planned it otherwise it's it's trash yeah yeah 100 100 percent all right. Well, how's everything going with you guys? Like, you know, how's how's life, man? For Sean, how's how's um how's everything post nationals? I know you went on a trip after that. 
Yeah, no, everything's everything's great, man. Um, after nationals, about like a week after nationals, um, me and my girlfriend went to Banff in Canada, which was gorgeous. Like I was exhausted the whole week. This this was the most tired I've ever been after a meet because as you know, prime time was super late and then the, the session one would start super early in the morning. And immediately after nationals, I went to Banff and was doing like sunrise hikes, which required waking up at like 2.45 in the morning to make sure you get to the summit or the mountain, you know, wherever you're going before sunrise. <clears throat> and it was just like every day, but one was like getting up at like 2.45, three in the morning. So it was, uh, it was tiring, but it was definitely worth it. Like the first day of, of views was, was pretty incredible. Um, and then came back for a little bit, then went to, uh, just got back from Colorado actually, which was really nice. Didn't go on any, any crazy hikes or anything. It was more of like a relaxing trip, but it was, you know, in the mountains, very pretty, very peaceful. So it was good, man. How's, uh, how's everybody else? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I mean, yeah, I saw that. I, you know, I was pretty jealous. You know, all the views looked really nice. Um, I'm like pretty good hanging in there. Got a uh, nine weeks until I'm, you know, have a bachelor's degree and I uh, no longer am in school, you know, so nine weeks to graduate. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I felt you on the, uh, on the, on the exhaustion post Nats. The, uh, I think the day that I, came back uh like the first day uh back from nats i had a clinical i got about like four hours of sleep that day and that was after getting like four hours of sleep like every single day of raw nats and uh i had like a car ride like a 45 minute car ride to uh the hospital at like five in the morning and i was like fighting to stay awake during the entire car ride which is so so silly because it's like i'm you know driving a two-ton vehicle that if i crash i'm gonna die yet my my body's trying to put me to sleep you had the subway surfer playing on the bottom half of your visual field <laughs> to stay awake while driving you know, I, should, I should have done that i was i put on like really loud like upbeat music and i was like singing along to it just to try to like stay awake and even <laughs> then i was like <laughs> as i was just i was just falling asleep it was ridiculous but uh yeah, other than that, just kind of getting through school and balancing training and, and work. Yeah. For uh, nine weeks until I'm done. It's two blocks. And then you throw the scrubs on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Michael, how are you, man? Uh, I've been good, guys. Um, I'd say pretty busy. Uh, I'm still finishing up my MBA. So a couple exams over the last, uh, like last week, and then like a month prior, like right after Nets. Um, otherwise, yeah, just grinding along, uh, uh, finishing it up. I think uh, everything should start to uh, finish up towards the end of the year. And then early next year is really just like last minute capstone type projects. It's not really more coursework. So uh, that should lighten the load a lot. So yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, the rest of the year. How have you been, how have you been finding that? Because we haven't, uh, I feel like we haven't talked too much about it and probably a lot of people don't know that you're doing an MBA program. Has it been like, has it been what you've wanted it to be? Has it been insightful? Have you been enjoying it? Like what's the verdict? Yeah. So I'd say when it comes to like an MBA now, now that I think about it and I asked the same question to all my friends who either already had done an MBA to kind of ask like, what was your experience? What did you take away from it? 
And I think uh, for the one that uh, I, I was in, it's called Quantic for people that are listening. Quantic uh, is accredited and they got popular several several years ago because they had a lot of investors and a lot of uh, a vision to kind of make an online MBA mobile type platform to make it very user-friendly to learn all the material because with MBA coursework, it's not complex equations or anything like that. It's just you're re reading just you know uh, things about socialization or uh, company etiquette or corporate structure, um, you know, uh, management, organizational uh, components of a, a company, like all those types of things where it's really just, you could look at pictures, examples, case studies, or just, you know, follow along like slides. So uh, that's why I selected this uh, school because, uh, uh, and they're very affordable. Uh, so that's kind of where the acceptance rate is like 13%. So this was actually my third year, just on a whim applying, seeing maybe I'll get in and, and be able to afford the MBA at a, at a reasonable cost. Uh, I'd say the coursework has helped uh, apply in some things, like even in our business with, with the team. Uh, but it, it definitely depends where you wanted to see yourself when you're taking the MBA. Like, are you going into investment banking? And that's where your specialization is really going to be. You're probably taking uh, most of what you're learning from the MBA and trying to really uh, fine tune into how it's going to apply in your world, like your your realm. So I think it depends on where people are at. Some people just get it because their company you know, reimburses it and they say, hey, if you take it casually on the side, you know, it's covered. So, and then you get a pay bump most likely, but uh, other than that, I think uh, it's all been information I've loved learning. Uh, I would say it, it's more work, but it's never like uh, I, I don't enjoy doing that extra work. It's it's just extra coursework. So it's been nice to have something continue to stimulate my brain other than, you know, powerlifting information and, and content. Yeah. Have you found that it's changed? Like, have you taken anything from it that's changed how you approach like running your system of coaching athletes at all? Uh, it started to make me think about it more. And I think, I think where I felt complacent at times, and that's why I was asking Jaron and, and, and you, Sean, about your, your uh, Google Sheets recently was because I was thinking, okay, my system already works clearly. Uh, so maybe it's easy to get complacent because it's not something that's problematic. It, it gets the job done. But where am I running into difficulties, even just from like a Google sheet perspective, not even anything to do with programming theory, but just the, the material, the tool that you're using to create programs, where can it be more user-friendly? So I, th I think those things I've thought about a bit more to shave those extra minutes that all of us uh, with all the work we put in can uh, like, you know, deserve to, to take off and it just makes the process easier. So uh, I'm, I'm excited if uh, we get some more updates with the uh, um, you know, I, I believe Alec or, or when we're looking into developing one of our own more comprehensive sheets, but yeah, I think it has made me think about it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. So for people listening, which by the way, I don't know, Michael, if you heard that I started the, uh, the podcast episode, but we're recording currently, um, people listening. So one of the, one of our athletes or one of my athletes on the team, um, I had reached out to him about potentially building like a, a kind of a centralized um, more than like a programming skeleton, but like a whole interactive sheet that, that gives us the opportunity to like track the data for the athletes, give them an easy platform to interact with, and ultimately just like increase adherence on both ends. This podcast is not going to be about that. It's going to be about nationals, but um, it is interesting how like, you know, all of us have probably seen each other's spreadsheets for the most part 
Um, or we've had athletes come to us from other coaches. And I know I've had coaches spreadsheets in front of my face and I'm like, this is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Like, how do you, how do you track data from week to week? And maybe some people are just, you know, genuinely don't have a good system, but I feel like I have a particular format of things that I really like to see. Like, I'm sure you guys have seen it where it's like, some people will put the days like horizontally across the screen and like the weeks down. I hate looking at that. I don't know how people do that. It's it, It's got to be week. One week goes straight down and then the next week is straight down and the next week is straight down. But some people just like things formatted differently. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, if anyone has, if no one has anything else to add, I do want to introduce our, uh, our newest member of, uh, of Nori powerlifting and get into the conversation for the day, which is, is raw nationals. But we have, uh, we have a new coach on the roster, Mr. Uh, Nathan Tepis. So if you want to, uh, give everybody listening, just a quick, a quick, uh, background on you, that would be wonderful. And eventually this is, uh, this is actually something to bring up really quick is that Michael has taken on the role in the past of interviewing each of the coaches and making that an episode. So potentially going forward, what we'll do is we'll have uh, Michael interview you if my, if Michael has the the availability to do so and people can, can get to know you on a more intimate level because I know that he's... Michael is a natural conversationalist and I think everybody who's listened to those podcast episodes would agree. I think that he really gets the person out of... The person who's on the on the screen and you get to know them on a very you know human level so I'd, I'd really look forward to that but i'm done rambling nathan if you want to give everyone a background go ahead sir yeah hey guys um so my first time on a podcast so uh thank you for having me i'm so excited to be here too um just had an awesome time at nationals too um but yeah my name is nathan tipas um i've been lifting weights in some form or fashion since i was 15 years old now i'm 28 I feel like I've run like every program under the sun, like, you know, your five, three, one, like done like a bunch of like weird band and chain thing, you know, uh, just like got into DUP when I got into my first coach as well. Um, I've been powerlifting since, I've, um, since 2018 and I've been coaching since, uh, halfway through 2019. And, um, I started out, um, just coaching a few friends here and there just for free. I was a personal trainer in person with like general strength, um, you know, athletes and everything. Um, just some of your moms and paws or some of like the high school kids at my high school, just coming in for swim or like basketball or something of that, uh, something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I absolutely love lifting weights. I love, um, just loving and serving others and just wanting to make sure that like, you know, um, uh, people starting their powerlifting journey necessarily don't make the same mistakes I did, or just, you know, I want to just form a system like, you know, to make sure that like I'm doing all the right things for each and every one of my athletes. So um, I was a football player growing up, played 11 years, uh, played lacrosse for six years, uh, ran track, wrestled, did basically everything you could as a kid. I did, uh, I grappled for three years as well. Um, just always been like pretty hands-on, pretty like, decently athletic, just always wanted to like, you know, uh, you know, build others up. Like if I, if I kind of took care of myself in the weight room and on the field, like I could take care of others. Um, I was a captain in two sports. So I just always wanted to try to be like a leader, like, you know, and just like try to help people like do things that they either thought, you know, they never could, or like maybe they just need like a little bit of, you know, just reassurance, you know, in some places or just a little critique here and there. But 
Yeah, I've always just uh, just wanted to help others and just, you know, I love powerlifting. I love making gains. I love just, you know, just absolutely just everything about it. And I love the community. You know, you're just around so many great people. Like Nationals was an absolute just, I mean, you know, we had a great host and Sean, thank you so much for just having everyone. And just, you know, the whole, the whole five days was so crazy getting like less than five hours of sleep, like every day, like you're at session one, you know, like uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it's just, you know, I had a great opportunity. Um, and yeah, I was just, you know, so excited uh, to be there for uh, team Nori and now to be a part of it is just absolutely just an incredible uh just opportunity for me. And I'm just really like appreciative of that as well. So I could probably keep talking, but I just, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I love, I love hearing you talk, man. I love hearing you talk. No, dude, it's, <laughs> it's thank you for that. It's truly a pleasure to have you on the team and, you know, to give everybody some context, like Nathan helped us uh, last year at last year's nationals for the first time in Vegas and was just incredibly enthusiastic about doing so, was really, really happy to be there. And even last year, I just noticed, and I think everybody around us kind of noticed that the inherent drive to just help people. Um, and, and I don't even say that in a, in a cliche way, like this dude will, like if you were missing a deadlift sock, would sprint from like one corner of, of, of the venue to like your hotel room to go grab it and be back before you took an attempt. Like that's the kind of guy Nathan is. And having, so Nathan also uh, works on, or is an athlete under uh, Marcellus Williams, a swole fesser. And, you know, anybody who Marcellus speaks highly of, I tend to, um, to listen when, when he speaks about that. And, you know, after last year's experience, I knew that uh, I could, you know, hopefully reach out to Nathan and see if this was something that he wanted to, to help out with again. And he was very enthusiastic about doing so. And, kind of leading up to it, I was asking Marcellus, you know, like, okay, what's, uh, you know, how's Nathan's, like, what's Nathan's vision and trajectory for, for his coaching business? Because Marcellus talks to all of his athletes on that level, especially those who coach. And, you know, he had told me that you have built like a very decent size roster, but by no means had like spread yourself thin, um, which was, you know, obviously the main concern I had, you know, to, to make sure that if, if we were to open a spot via application that you would apply. Cause I had, you mean, Nathan, you might not know this, but I had mentioned this to the rest of the guys. I was like, okay, we're going to do applications in like December for, to bring on a new coach. Um, but there is somebody that like, I'm very, you know, I'm hoping that they apply and I very much would like, you know, you guys to meet him at nationals. Obviously you'd be handling alongside him if you were in the same session. Um, and I kind of introduced to the coaches who hadn't known you or heard of you, um, you know, your name prior to us getting to nationals and, you know, Nathan helped out with not just, you know, my sessions, but Marcellus's sessions as well. And Nathan got an opportunity to handle in his first primetime session on Saturday, all of us, and I'll get to that in a bit later. Um, but all of us were there on the, on the Saturday session for primetime. And after handling with Nathan during the day and seeing just like how, passionate he was and above and beyond he went for the lifters that he was handling and then seeing how he um you know carried himself during prime time like we had a lot of number crunching to do during prime time between both the the men and the women's session which you know we'll talk about in a bit and i didn't have any of the men so i'll let jaron and, and aiden talk about that in a bit but just seeing how eager he was to learn in that setting 
Um, you know, you have these moments as like a, a, a team leader where you're like, okay, like there are intangibles that people have and you can't teach this. And I'm just standing there and I'm thinking back like, okay, like I'm looking at the roster of coaches we have now. I'm thinking of, you know, having, you know, lost coaches in the past, right? We had, you know, Chance, Eric, Serene, um, all very, very qualified coaches who kind of ended up departing for their own different reasons. Um, but with, you know, most of them kind of just not having, you know, um, the the desire to to coach on this like um, visceral level, right? It was something that they were really interested in or passionate about, but also had other things they wanted to pursue. And seeing how all in Nathan was, I'm just standing there. I'm like, I know this dude, get along well with him. He has these things that you can't teach. I'm like, I'm just going to offer him a spot. Like I had this moment in the primetime session, we were finishing up and I turned to Jaron and I'm like, what do you, how do you feel if I were to just offer Nathan a coaching spot right now? And he was like, if he's like, you should go for it. He's like, I think that if that's what you feel right now, that you should do it. And <laughs> I pulled Nathan aside and I was like, I don't know what, you know, I want you to be able to digest this. I want you to, you know, I understand that you might have your own trajectory or plans for your coaching business. So don't feel obligated to answer me right now. But I was like, I'd like to offer you a spot on the team. And Nathan kind of had this moment where he was like repeating back to me what I said. He was like spot on the team. And he was just like, I don't think really processing what I was saying originally. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, like, do you want to be a coach on the team? And we had like a very emotional moment. It was, it was really cool. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm very glad that, that I, I decided to pull the trigger in that, in that situation, because I think everybody on the team, you know, already thinks very highly of you and gets along well. And I think that more important than anything, like the Hawaii trip showed us what our team dynamic is, I think for the first time in a very real way. And now that we had that, like, deeper understanding of what like our team identity is our dynamic amongst the four of us is anyone who was going to become part of the team had to fit or enhance that and i think that you fit that bill very much so we're very happy to have you dude well uh can i just say one thing um the last time you guys um well you were like looking for coaches i i kicked myself and i kicked myself every day after not uh putting my hat in the ring like originally too so I remember like, um, I forget when, but it had to be a while now, but um, you were looking for, I think, uh, new coaches. And I was like, ah, there's no way I could never, I could never like make it or I couldn't do this or do that. And like, honestly, like, I think I'm a lot more further along now as a coach anyway, just more mature, just like mentally, emotionally, physically, just, I think I'm just more suited like for the job now. But I do remember uh, seeing like those first like few applications and I was like, I should do this, but I didn't. And yeah, but now I'm here and I, I just feel really good about this. You know what I mean? Darren almost didn't apply, man. <laughs> I don't know if he's I, talked uh, about that on here. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, well, um, all right, Darren, go, first, no, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks, man. But, <laughs> go, you go ahead. Sorry. No, all good, man. Yeah. I, I almost didn't apply and I was, I was really, on the fence and honestly you know my confidence for the first round of location uh applications it it wasn't it wasn't high because i wasn't an experienced coach i didn't have a background in exercise science or anything 
And, um, you know, I was in kind of like a leadership role in the, the Hawaii community at the collegiate level and was coaching, you know, people here and there. And honestly, one of the things that I was worried about is I was like, man, if I, uh, if I apply for this and, you know, everyone knows that I'm applying, I'm telling everyone like, man, I should do this. And if I don't get it, I'm, I'm kind of scared of, you know, just uh, the thought of like failing or the thought of like, oh man, you know, everyone knows I tried this and I didn't get it. And like, you know, I wasn't, wasn't good enough or whatnot. And I was like, that was honestly scaring me for a little bit. And I was just going back and forth. And I was like, man, I don't feel like I'm qualified enough. Like, you know, I don't even know if Sean thinks of me this way. Like, you know, I might not even make it past the first round, but I was like, you know, I filled everything out like a few days prior. And I was like, oh, like, what do I, what do I do here, man? And I was just like waiting on it. And I think it was literally like one minute before the deadline or at the actual, like right on midnight um, for the last time to send it. And I sent it in and I was like, I think I texted Sean too. And I was like, Hey man, just sent in my application, you know, hopefully it goes well, but yeah, I was, I was so, you know, on the fence about even, even wanting to do it, but it was literally, you know, the thought of like, man, if I don't, take this chance if I don't take this risk like I I feel like I would regret it and then even at that I was like man how bad is it really if I just don't if, if I don't get it right off the right off the bat you know um, if I don't get it like who cares if anyone thinks anything negatively like that just shows me that I have more work to do you know and I can apply for the next one so that was my mindset like okay put it in and then the next time he does applications if I don't get it then I'm reapplying you know so but yeah I did it and man it's just Best decision I've ever made, man. Seriously. No, yeah, I'd say the same. I, like, just like you, like, I, I actually wasn't even sure if I was going to apply when I applied. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I just started, like, uh, you know, changing my path towards nursing school. And, uh, you know, I, I really wasn't sure if I, like, I'd really, like, fallen in love with coaching yet at the time. But then it's, like, um, it was uh it was actually like a, a friend of mine um who who also applied who uh convinced me to uh to just give it a shot and um as soon as as soon as i like started the process for applying i i doubled down so hard and just like made that like the sole focus of my entire life for like a few months um just expecting like you know the cover letter the the interview like preparing for it and everything and uh you know, um, kind of sparking up um, uh, posts on social media, everything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, definitely, definitely was a great decision. Um, and and then fell in love with it. So, uh, yeah, it yeah. was that, that was almost that was my trajectory of my life. Almost went uh, a different direction. Yeah, man. Alternate yeah. universe. Me and Jaren are engineers. You're in scrubs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might look you might look pretty good in some scrubs, man. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean the RDLs. Man's <laughs> got the gap. <laughs> Dude, bring up bring out the curves for sure. But uh, yeah, you know, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take, or whatever they say. Whatever, whatever they say, yeah. See whatever they say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I, I remember actually that first round of, of applications and seeing Michael on the list, man, I was, I was sweating, bro. Like I, I had a feeling that Michael was pretty much a, for sure locked in spot. And honestly, when I saw Michael and I looked at myself, like I reflected on myself, I was like, man, I'm, 
I'm literally like a great value Michael Jinn right now, bro. Like I was, I think I was telling Randall, I was telling Randall about it. Randall is one of our, our coaches and our, our rehab guys at Ukio. And we we're just talking about, you know, the Nori team and, you know, things that we got planned. And I was like, man, yeah, dude, when I looked at Michael, man, like he, cause Randall isn't as familiar with, with Michael's history and his background. But I was like, dude, at the time of application, like, you know, anyone that you ask that's met Michael just had, has such an amazing, amazing things to say about him. Like so well-respected in the Houston community. And at that point in our, in our young careers, like Michael had already been a meet director. He was already a national champion powerlifter. He was already coaching the whole, or maybe not the whole, but a good amount of the university of Houston team. Um, you know, he was, he was doing a lot. And I think he was getting his master. I think you were getting your master's in um, exercise science or, or something like that. And I was like, damn, like I'm literally, I'm literally Michael, but everything is like three levels down. Like I just started coaching. I just co-meet directed a small meet. Like I just got, you know, started into to powerlifting and not, not as high of a, a, a competitor or a high level competitor as Michael. So yeah, it was it was funny, man. It was that whole application process was very uh very exciting for sure. Well, I I want to respond to Jaron obviously since of all the kind words and and from the rest of you guys as well. Um, I I would say uh, my my experience was very different applying at that point uh, because I was at a point where obviously I had already coached the roster of my own, but. Uh, at the time, for an odd reason, just over the years as I watched Sean compete or competed technically uh, against him in the weight class, uh, I think uh, there was a certain polarizing respect. I feel like uh, uh, I could just easily give to, to watching you progress, watching uh, Sean work hard through those years. And I think uh, for me, like uh, uh, admittedly, it looked to me like an investment. I was like, I, I see this guy being one of the, the names out there or like for for the long time to come. And uh, if if uh, if his he's going to be on the winning team, then I want to be on the winning team. And and I feel the same way as you guys. Where uh, I think we we our team has had so many wins in so many different types of ways uh, over the years. And I think uh, it's definitely a decision where uh, it's crazy to see how far uh, we've come from the beginning to now. And I think uh, at the time I felt like I didn't have much to lose, even if I didn't get accepted. So I I was I was similar in in, in that way with. Uh, Aiden and, and Jaron, but uh, I didn't have as much fear because I was like, well, I'll still have my own roster if you know things don't play out. Uh, but I think uh, at the time in reflection, Jaron, uh, answering kind of what you were saying, I think uh, uh, even when I visited Hawaii, you know, the stereotype is Hawaiian people are very communal and very friendly. And I, I found that to be the case. But in, in all honesty, I feel like Jaron, your character, it, it far exceeds that of, of uh, the average uh, warm Hawaiian, uh, you know, individual, I would say. And I think uh, seeing uh, the the character traits you have, I feel like uh, that's something truly unteachable. And it's something that uh, no matter how good of a programmer you are or technician you are, it's, it doesn't matter if you're, if you're an asshole, right? So I think, I think in terms of those values and, and, you know, you spoke highly of loyalty and commitment, like through those early years, we were forming the team, um, Kind of alluding to what Sean was saying earlier, it kind of developed the the culture and the core values of the team, right? I think we all start to see the same vision. So uh, I definitely appreciate you know uh, the times we we had when we were getting onboarded with Serene, and I think uh, uh, I, I would say you should definitely think more highly of yourself, of how far you've come since then, and even where you were at, you know, taking the, the it's it, the courageous leap to even apply, right? So even in your case, Nathan, you know, welcome to the team. Even if uh, in another world, if we didn't have 
all these conversations ahead of time. Uh, I would have hoped you, for sure you would have applied as well. And I'm glad to, to have you on the team and that we expedited the process. Well, thank you so much, man. I, I really appreciate it for sure. I'm just a very, very excited and happy to be here, like with all you guys. And just, I just cannot wait to just like absolutely just get to work, get mentored and just, you know, just like apply like everything I learned to like everybody I work with, uh, you know, currently and in the future as well. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm excited. And, oh, yeah. and to, to segue off of what Michael said, obviously, uh, a lot of, a lot of really kind words and praise in there that I always like just am so um, taken aback to, to hear. It's like very humbling. Um, but in all honesty, like to both to segue into the next topic and also divert any of that praise and shift back to you guys. Saturday night at nationals was probably like one of the most like present moments I've had of just like actually sitting there and taking it all in because being able to see all four of you in prime time, like handling and all of us there in the session with all the best lifters in the country, you know, on, on the main platform, being able to see all of that just reminded me like how I could not do any of this without you guys. Um, having each of you on the team has been like a blessing to the, to the highest degree. Um, and I'm just like very grateful toward that competition results for me aside, like that day easily cemented the trip for me. I was like, okay, like this is, this is what it's about to me. Um, and that means, you know, far more to me than whether I took <laughs> dead last in competing, had the worst day of my life or had won and, and blown everybody out by 20, kilo, you know, 20 kilos. It wouldn't have mattered. Um, so I want to hear about your guys' experience and what maybe takeaways you guys had from nationals. But like that Saturday night was awesome to see, especially with the 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 battling and jockeying between Jaren's guy Kyle and and Aiden's guy Devin, as like it was a total dogfight for the podium after Petrie. Um, and I think anybody who has some familiarity will will we'll know what we're talking about, but I definitely want to hear everybody's individual experience from, from nationals for sure. And whoever yeah, wants, yeah. wants to take the that lead. Was, uh, that was definitely the highlight of the trip, you know, um, there, there I've had, you know, my own share of like exciting personal achievements. Um, but you know, that, that felt kind of like the moment that everything else had been like leading up towards like, like this moment here, where I'm finally like uh, being able to coach in a prime time session. Um, all the work that I've put in has, has gotten me to this result. And, and I, I just felt like thankful for that. Um, and I, I think that, um, you know, next year is only going to be even better. Um, I, I've got, you know, just, just some kids that uh, have a ton of potential now. And I'm, I'm like super excited to see like what they can do in a, in a year's time. And um I definitely think they can work towards the top. Um, so I think it's, 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 um, you know, only going to become a more fulfilling experience each year, but this one was, was special being the first. And um, I should say that, uh, you know, this, this, that day was memorable for, for more than one reason. Cause I had uh, a lifter cut their hair to make away earlier in the day, <laughs> like 30 minutes to recomp. 
Um, so, you know, that was, that was an exciting day. Definitely an exhausting day. Um, waking up at what, I think I woke up at 5 a.m. that day uh, to make sure like my lifters uh, got some like fluids in them and everything and got a good recomp. Um, and then uh, I was up until what, 1.30 at night. So I was, I was absolutely dog tired, but uh, yeah, that was, that was a fantastic session. So um, there was, yeah, that primetime session, I was uh, handling uh, Devin Merveau, uh 90 kg um, junior lifter. Uh, so he's in primetime. Um, and uh, I think if, if there's one takeaway that I have from, from uh, specifically handling him, um, you know, we, we had a successful meet. Uh, he's like working some pretty hard manual labor as a plumber right now. He's like moving heavy, like machinery around. He's like, uh, like if during the prep, he, his back got injured because like a literal boiler fell on the stairs on top of him. Um, so we, despite a rough prep, we were able to have a, a pretty, pretty damn good day. Jaren's shaking his head because in disbelief that a no, but I'm being for real. Yeah, yeah. A boiler fell That's... on Devin's back and hurt his back during the prep. Dude, everything uh, I hear, like you, you do when you talk about him, I'm like, this guy is made of fucking indestructible matter, man. Like you even told us one time in prep, he was he went in to take a squat single, and he he failed it, and then he took a nap and he came back and and crushed it. I'm like, what the. F- well, never, man, under- guy, never underestimate the power of the honk shoe brother yeah, yeah dude so yeah hell, uh bro? so bevin's an insane squatter so he um you know his heavy single prep was 716 he woke up uh felt pretty like beat up and tired he failed it in the morning took a 10 hour nap <laughs> uh had some chocolate milk he said <laughs> and, and, and then squatted it at night um but yeah, he always peaks pretty well, and I just think that's because he works that like hard manual labor job. Like you know, he's working like fifty hours a week or whatever. Um, he's he's gonna uh, he's in like um radiologist technician school, so he's gonna move to uh you know a, a more um sustainable career. Um, that I so I think his training is gonna take off when when uh he's done with that. Um, but yeah, squatted seven thirty three in the meet. Uh, which is two and a half kg uh, above the open IPF 93 uh, spot record, which is just absurd because he's, he's 20 and we weighed in at 90. Um, went three for three on bench. Um, and deadlift, he came around, he's flying. Um, coming into this meet, there was a specific situation that I had in mind and it was like playing out perfectly. Um I, I looking at the looking at uh Dominique Fuqua, I'm sorry if I'm butchering his last name, but um you know I I figured if he missed a few lifts that that Devin had a chance for silver medal. Um and which would be just uh kind of a crazy underdog story because no one was talking about him. He had a pretty low nominated total two with only 827, I think was it it was. So um because he missed on like grip on all three uh, on uh, his second and his third at his previous meet had been doing holds. We switched to mix because hook was just really consistent for him. He has like pretty like doughy hands. Um, so yeah, we're, but we're working on his, uh, we're working on his grip strength now doing, you know, heavy holds uh, and all that. And, um, uh, 
and his grip definitely made some progress. Uh, but yeah, the, the perfect situation was playing out where Dom missed a few lifts and we had, um, you know, we were able to load just what I think was in his ballpark in terms of strength in order to uh, like match his total in order to pull for second. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, his, his, uh, he was flying. He uh, we, we he needed 733 uh, to, um, to match Dom's total to pull into second. And uh, he, made, he got around 40% of the way up and then his grip just gave out, which uh, he's, he's pulled seven, he's pulled that uh, with, with straps, but he has not pulled it with, uh, he's, I think his best is 716 in the gym. Uh, he's done it for a few singles. Um, so it was within his ballpark. It's within his strength. His strength is just, uh, is unlimited. It's really just his grip that's holding him back. So I'm excited to see what he's capable of um, and we you know where his total is going to end up when he's, uh, his hands uh, cut up with his physical strength, but um, yeah. If, if there's one takeaway, uh, I guess from uh, from this, it's that uh, it you know, unless it's really worth it, unless it's really really worth it to pull for positioning, I think I'd rather have uh, I'd rather have him had had him secure that third place and and put in a safe attempt um, just to maximize his total one because uh, you know, he had total goals as well as just hit that that secure that bronze medal get him on the podium um and get his like his name on the map but uh i'm, I'm sure that'll happen in the future but um you know it's 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 something that i'm kind of like is haunting me i don't it shouldn't haunt me but uh you know if i were to have a time machine i would go back so it's a, it's a good takeaway not just for him but for pretty much every athlete going forward um to kind of uh really consider and and weigh the odds of whether it's it's worth it to uh, secure the good day or to really fight for that placement. But uh, I'll leave it to Jaron because uh, he was able to uh, nab that spot from him. Devin ended up going from, uh, you know, we tried to pull for second um, and we could have secured an, uh, a third, but he ended up uh, dropping to sixth at the end just because everyone chipped him after he missed. Yeah, for sure, man. So, um, the lifter that I had competing in the, the 90 kilo primetime session was Kyle DeLeon. And that class was so stacked. Like, it was, it was so competitive, you know, like it was, yeah. to give you guys, yeah, to give you guys some um, perspective here. Like I just pulled up lifting cast, but um, Devin was pulling to secure second place on his, um, on his third attempt deadlift and he missed it and ended up taking sixth. You know, and like, honestly, the placings from I think it was like eighth to second were all determined by the prime times third attempt deadlifts, because even in, in Kyle's situation, he ended up taking third, which is phenomenal. Like, you know, Kyle's meet was was amazing. But just going back to the standings, if Kyle missed his third attempt deadlift, he would have taken eight. So it was it was so, yeah, so crazy. tight. It was so competitive, you know, and it was really like. Yeah, these guys shined and, you know, the top three, the top five really got recognized. But honestly, if anyone just had a slight misgroove or just, you know, just two and a half kilos heavier, like there, they go from third place to, to eight, you know. So it's it was crazy, man. It was it was amazing to see. And like the the game planning and the strategy and trying to predict certain numbers in the back over there was uh, was very exciting for sure. And um I had Sean, you know, take 
I told him at the beginning, I was like, hey, man, if you're free, like, I'm going to need a second eye. Like, I want to make sure that we're, we're watching Kyle, you know, we're seeing how he moves. Like, I want to make sure that we're making the most educated decisions for his, his attempts um, on all three lifts. But to give a rundown of Kyle's meet performance, he ended up squatting 295, uh, which is 650. That was a five and a half or five kilo all-time PR and a meet, part, meet PR for him. So um, really great showing on squat. We were actually planning on squatting 300 if everything was according to plan. And this is like the best he's ever felt. And he felt great. But 295 was definitely the right call. And securing a, a smaller PR was was uh, what we had that day. And um, pretty much the mindset going in was we have to make attempts. Like if we miss, we're, 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 out, of the, we're out of contention. So we just had to make sure that we were making those calls and Kyle's executing and he always executes. And, you know, the trust is there both ways. So that that's very, very helpful in terms of, me knowing that Kyle can execute in, in high pressure situations. Um, and after he got his third squat, we were in pretty high spirits. Like we just knew that like, okay, we're good. We're in a good spot. Let's just continue to make lifts, you know, in the meantime, in between lifts, in between squat and bench, just bring your energy levels down. Let's just relax a little bit and let's take it one attempt at a time. And that's what he did for bench. Um, we ended up benching I mean, that, an American that record. third bench was uh, nothing but relaxed though. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, make yeah. make no mistake. When when we're getting ready to actually take the attempt, it's like you know, flip that switch, bro. We gotta we gotta yeah. we gotta get hype. But Kyle's if he's like mind. in between, yeah, yeah. Like he gets he gets real hype. But yeah. if it's in between, he just finished his third attempt squat. It's like, hey man, we gotta we gotta chill. You know, especially knowing him as a lifter, like he likes to get really hyped up. You can't keep that same hype for like six hours. You know, or five you might hours. Die. <laughs> yeah, he might he might die so bro i've never seen someone so be... high. He, he, he might die if he stayed that high for six hours yeah it's like he takes his third squad i'm like hey we gotta stay in the zone now bro like we got 30 minutes until you even start warming up for bench but you gotta stay hype no that would be fucking crazy but yeah his bench was phenomenal like that far exceeded you know just what we were planning even like two to three weeks leading into the meet, it was only like his last heavy single um, that we were really like, okay, I think an American record is in the cards here. Like it was something that we kind of discussed before, but we always got to see how things are looking, especially like as he's, as we're getting closer to the meet and um, his bench really kicked into a different gear as we got closer. And then on meet day, it was, it was flying, man. It was, I couldn't have asked for his, his bench to have peaked and performed any better. Um, and on top of that, like their standard, were very honest too like there was no short pauses there was no quick commands like everything was to a very high standard and um he ended up benching 221 kilos for um, a new american record bench and that was also and that was an 11 kilo all-time pr for him as well so he's never taken more than 463 um in the gym or in a meet before so that was crazy he actually secured an all-time pr on his second attempt bench. And then we jumped up to the 221 afterwards and phenomenal showing there. Um, and going into deadlifts, that's when it really got interesting. You know, it was like, okay, we know what we have to do, but we also have to keep in mind what other people are doing and where standings are. And um, something that we 
were mindful of was Demetrius Smith was uh, he secured an 850 total in the morning session. So, you know, it was really just looking at how Kyle was moving, how everyone else was moving and what we can do to, to put him in the best possible position. And after his second attempt, you know, what I had in his sheet was if this was like the best that he's ever felt, then we can maybe take 335. But if he was feeling pretty good, maybe 332. And if he just felt okay, then 330. Um, and just to give more context here, Kyle's last heavy single of meat prep was 320. So, um, you know, I didn't, I wanted to make sure that we were taking a, a jump that was comfortable, but also had a high chance to, for him to be successful. Um, and just looking at how he was moving on the day, he was moving pretty good, but I think that he was moving a little bit better one week before the beat. So, you know, just looking at the bar speed, I was like, okay, maybe in that case, then we don't want to push for the 335. Maybe we can stay towards the 332 range. And that was actually the number that Sean and I talked about. And we were like, what do we think Kyle has? You know, like just looking at the number, what jump do we feel like is 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 the jump to, is the call to make? And we pretty much agreed on 330 or 332 if he's on. And touched bases with Kyle. And I was like, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking. And he was like, 335, bro. Like, I, I need it. You know, like I... You got you to give me that 335. And I was like, you know, that's it's um, it's a big jump, man. You know, and if we miss, we fall out of contention. And if he makes it, then he takes third. And he was like, I don't I don't care about. He was like, honestly, I don't care. Like, if I miss it, I that's fine with me. As long as I know that I've given it a shot, then I'd rather do that. Um, he was like, I would rather try it and miss and take eighth rather than take 332. And then I end up taking fifth, uh, knowing that I could have had two and a half more, just taking that, taking that, that risk and, and betting on himself. And that was something that we we're talking about just the whole time. Like, man, you know, we, we bet on ourselves when, when it comes to situations like this. And, um, yeah, I think just knowing his, uh, his personality and all of the experience that we've had for pretty much a lot of the other people that I'm coaching, I'd be like, no, we got to take 332, but knowing Kyle, um, and just how in the moment he was right there, like he was ready to execute. I was like, man, we will take 335. And I told Sean, I was like, man, we're, we're going 335. And he was like, that's a big jump. That's a big jump, man. And I was like, it is. But, you know, we're, we're putting it in, man. We're, we're going to go for third. And he took it. And honestly, I think that it, it moved really well. He had more. You know? Like, it was, yeah, I was he said, like, what the fuck? <laughs> He said, Jaron, I don't care that you want Sean as your second eye. Fuck your second eye. I have the third <laughs> eye, and I'm telling you that I'm going to do this right yeah. now. Yeah, you yeah, took his was... second, and we were both like 12 tops. Like, we're both yeah. just looking at each other like, no more than 12. Yeah, yeah. And and 12 and a half kilo jumps would – a 12 and a half kilo jump would have been 330. So we were like, okay, I think 12, but – 15 kilo jump would be 332 and he ended up taking a 17 and a half kilo jump to 335 so it was like okay we're we're going a little a bit more you know than than what we yeah i didn't see a second did he just he just brought out that dog in him or what he brought out the dog bro he brought the he brought those dogs out man but yeah it, it moved good it moved well but um i've seen him move that weight faster in training 
So okay. that's why I was like, so he, uh, you know. 851 is big, man. He has, he has potential to be like a dangerous man in the 90s. He's Dude, not even grown huge. into it yet really either because I, if I remember correctly, I mean, after his what was supposed to be his last meet at 82, he stayed yep. pretty close to that body weight for a long time. So there hasn't been any yep. true settling as a 90 yet. Like he could be way yeah. more filled out as a 90. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like I, you know, people, it might sound outlandish, you know, to people looking on the outside looking in, but I think Kyle's next year at nationals, he's going to be totaling in the high eight hundreds for sure. Like, uh, we just hit no, this I mean, I agree, stride. Man. Yeah, yeah. Like he, I'm confident that he's gonna he's gonna get there. And um, it took a while for his body to adapt and for us to find like this new stimulus that he can respond well to and recover from at this higher body weight. Because after the Arnold, he was still around maybe like 188 to 190, 191, and then he was working with Marcellus to get his his um his body weight up. And for a while, he was in that, you know, mid-190s range. And then just right before Nationals, he started creeping up more towards like the 198 to 200. But that's him eating in a surplus. So he hasn't really had a lot of time to even just settle in at like 200 pounds. So I think this next year is going to be uh, it's going to be really big. But yeah, it was it was so cool, man, just seeing those third attempt, third attempt deadlifts and seeing all the strategy come into play. And of course, just getting him hype, man. Like that's one of my favorite things about about handling Kyle and, and some of my other lifters is just like, you know, getting in their face and seeing how in the zone he is. Like it was, it was sick, man. He's a psycho. He's a psycho. Yeah. I, I've not. I've rarely, <laughs> and I I don't know. I don't know what allows me to do this for for you know some people can't maybe, but like I can I can scream and and yell at people for a while and not lose my voice, but. I started to lose my voice a little bit after handling Kyle that night because he is out yeah. yeah. Um, before that third poll, he got forehead to forehead with me and he's like, he's like, I need this. Tell me I got yeah. it. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm yeah. like, it's yours, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fucking testosterone flowing out of everybody in that in, in that warm-up section, bro. Hey, like yeah. we were we were going. <laughs> Hey, we were going crazy. Yeah, we were we were fucking hype, man. Like, yeah, it was uh, it was sick, man. It was really sick. And like his uh, when he gets hype, you know, some people they get so hype and then just execution goes out the door, like they just shit the bed. But Kyle, man, he can get in a zone and get so hyped up, but like his his execution stays locked in. Yeah, like I think that's pretty rare to see, honestly. Yeah, he just has yeah. such smooth like a smooth cadence on every lift. And it's mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. I've talked about this before, probably on, a, on this podcast, definitely in, in webinars that we've led, but it's like, it's so, it's so easy to predict what somebody has on the top end. Um, obviously with Kyle, he had even more, but like, it's so easy to like be confident in a reach number when someone can just like move slow, but like consistently slow. Right. Like you watch mm -hmm. Kyle squat and it just looks like like every millimeter of the squat, he has control of the bar. And mm -hmm. 
you the predictive power you have off of someone who moves like that versus someone who squats like maybe me i don't know <laughs> it's just like <laughs> all over the place it's 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 harder because right the margin of error is, is smaller something just goes off on a on a max attempt it's it's over so um mm-hmm. yeah no he was he was a gamer dude that was that was really fun to be a part of oh yeah man and yeah honestly just like everyone in that oh excuse me everyone in that flight you know ben four dan howell like they were they were bringing it man like it was it was so tight and for the people that weren't you know they don't have uh the the standings in front of them um to give you guys actual numbers like kyle was 851 fourth place was 850 right below was 840 840 again at, at sixth place for Devin, 835 and then 832 so like these you know just differences in total with each of these placings were very 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 small so that's sick, dude. Do uh, does Devin? I guess I would ask Aiden. Does Devin have any interest of going the IPF route or no? Uh, he's not going to compete for a while. Uh, I've brought it up to him actually. I I, I kind of suggested it because he's he's pretty chunky. No, he has. No, I did. I actually told him uh, it's time to start doing a recomp. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna recomp. Um, but. I think he would form. Uh, well, he'd he'd have to squat lower, but I think I think I think him squatting high in training is just a result of him being fatigued from his job, though, and him just not like just naturally not being able to because like his his last warm up was was pretty sunk, uh, and his I mean he got I think we got three white lights on every squat, so. Um, but yeah, uh, that I was think, crazy, I think... man. Honestly, when we were even looking at his second squat, you know, we were watching it in the back because obviously we're, we're looking at everyone. And we yeah. saw the second squat and we saw that you guys jumped, I think, 17 and a half. Yep. We were like, yeah, that oh, was... man, that's that's too big. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I think if I think if he misses, like, you know, this is, I mean, a little selfishly. Oh, sorry, but like, I was like, this is going to put Kyle in a position to, you know, have a higher projected total and i was like man i think i think that's a little little bit too big of a jump and then he took I, it honestly and he uh, smoked I, it bro i was like what the yeah. fuck was that that was insane no man. i was you guys might have been thinking i was stupid or something but no i was completely chilling because we only opened up at what we opened uh 295 and we jumped 17 we jumped 17 that was the plan just to uh do, do 39 pound jumps uh you know just uh, you know uh, marcella style big jumps um <laughs> <laughs> so uh I, I knew he added in him because i know how he moves so yeah yeah i mean that's that's a great point man it's like you know the lifter will know the coach the best you know and like people on the outside looking in we can crunch numbers but it's like man you had full 100 percent uh 100 100 confidence in him to, yeah. to hit that and full faith and full belief and oh, he killed it man absolutely killed yeah it. Pretty stoked about it. Uh, pretty pretty happy with uh, uh, I had four lifters. Uh, pretty happy with how the other three went. Um, my guy Michael, that was my uh one uh nine for nine day. Uh, he's a he's a um, teen lifter. He had four ninety three dots. He's uh actually the longest athlete I've been working with that I currently still work with. Um, and we had hit like a I think it was like a forty kg meat PR in like three months. 
uh, three, four months. So that was pretty sick. Um, he's, he's around my height, maybe an inch shorter. So he's, I'm having to move up to 82 now. He's literally so shredded. He's got like, just, uh, his, like, uh, he's just got some crazy hamstring striations. So I'm really looking forward to him going up to 82. He's actually already like looking stronger, uh, uh which is, and, and bigger, which is within like, it's been like three weeks, uh, since we started, uh, programming, uh, together again. Uh, so, um, I'm really looking forward to that. I think he has like, I think he's someone who has a lot of potential. Um, yeah, we've been working together since he was, I don't know what is like 16 years old or something. Um, and then my guy, Sam, uh, Sam Fried, uh, Friedrich, uh, Fried, Friedrich, uh, he had to cut his hair to make weight. Uh, and we had 30 minutes to recomp and, uh, his goal was to take second, uh, in, in a team Nats, uh, and, and, and by the grace of God, he, uh, he, he had a fantastic day. He actually peaked on deadlift somehow. Um, and, uh, so I was, I was super happy with that. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a great experience. Um, Ron S was a great experience uh this this year i'm looking forward to the next dude i wanted to i wanted to strangle sam for missing weight the first time because he missed weight on a scale he he missed weight while using a scale he knew was wrong because his wife who i coach missed weight using that scale a couple months before knowing it was heavy and he was just like yeah oh, i'll be fine but that's i mean if you know Sam, you know that that's exactly how he is. He also doesn't have long hair and scissor cut his hair to make weight. So just picture a haircut like, you know, just like a short little going back to school haircut and then taking scissors to that. Um, it, <laughs> he looks, <laughs> I can't say. Looks so goofy. <laughs> but he looked, <laughs> he, looked yeah. uh, he looked simple on the platform. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, his he cut from two hundred five, but he told me he was like well, in reality it was two hundred five, uh, but he told me it was two hundred three. So I basically cut off of him being two hundred three when he was in reality two hundred five. Hmm. So that's what that's what made it that's what made it so difficult. Yep, yep, that's crazy. But yeah, I think um, going back to to the initial question, Sean, like you know, what was our takeaways from from this year's nationals? Um, to me, it was it was very, um, how should I say? Like I was, I was just very, very proud and and had a new perspective on on what it means to show up for the team and to be there for everyone. You know, not just our own lifters, but for the other lifters on the team and you know some of Sean's lifters, or if there was ever a case that we needed to show up for Aiden's lifters or Michael's, you know, that would have we're we're all there for each other. You know, and um, one of the things that. I was telling Sean about was like last year at nationals, the time when I had to, I, there was a session where, you know, it was like handling in the morning session. And that was, I think I had a lifter. Yeah. I had a lifter in the morning and then I had like, like a, a good amount of lifters in the afternoon and then um, was handling Sean in prime time. And like my energy level was pretty, was pretty low by the time prime time came around. And um, something I brought up to Sean was like, okay, you know, I just want to make sure that I stay sharp for the primetime session so that I can crunch numbers in the back there. But not only that, but just have the energy levels that I want to have going into primetime. But that's uh, not necessarily something that, you know, we, we get to to pick and choose, honestly. Like if we have a stacked day, like we we show up for everyone, no matter what, you know, it's it's like 
And there's a lot of pride in, in doing that. Because, um, I mean, honestly, when everyone gets to the primetime session, like if we're handling three sessions in a row, everyone's pretty tired. Like everyone's pretty smoked. And like seeing the coaches back there, it's like, man, everyone is, everyone's been putting in work the whole day, you know? So um, for me, that that perspective of like, man, we just show up no matter what. Like if you're tired, it, it doesn't doesn't matter, man. Like uh, that's what we do as a team. So um, that was a, a really, yeah, just reiterating that that thought process in terms of, you know, what we do for each other. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Like I've told you guys all this, like I'm so grateful that one, you guys have comprised the majority of my team because I'm only one fraction of it. Um, It's, and to, to receive the help that I did from each of you guys was just immense. Like I, I very much want you all to know that like, if I'm in a position to, to do the same for you guys, like I am 100% there, you know, um, like for people listening, I competed on Friday night and as a result, there were lifters Friday morning and all throughout the day that I couldn't handle. Um, and I did kind of the same thing last year with those, with those lifters where, you know, having the, the fortune of, of having coaches and people who I trust, and know so well, I was able to kind of pair people with the athletes that I thought would, would perform best with them. And, and like, I, like I said, I'm so grateful. And there's one specific example I could think of that probably cemented the concept that Jaron's talking about is I had one of my lifters, Haley Eckelmeyer, who I had assigned Jaron to handling. And after the first day or yeah, after the first day, he was like, dude, like I'm going to be, I'm going to be shot handling all three sessions um, like, is it, is it possible that there's, there's someone else who's able to take over? And, you know, as much as I wish I could have alleviated that stressor for you, I was like, dude, there is nobody else who I think would do as good, as good of a job. Like I know Haley very well. I know you very well. And I was like, I, I, this pairing has to happen. Like, this is what's going to yield the best possible meet day for her. Um, and it's funny because literally the day after she competed, she's like, Jaron is an angel. I love him. He's amazing. Right. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's always reassuring and I'm very, you know, proud and happy to, to get that feedback from her. Um, but like, mm-hmm. I want, I want to be able to do exactly what each of you guys have done and and lead by example in that regard. Um, which is why hopefully, I mean, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of unknown stuff right now, but in the event that, that uh, Article 14 goes away. This is the first time I'm saying it publicly. But in the event that Article 14 goes away, I will be trying to go back the IPF route. Um, one, for the sake of competition, but two, because then I have no competitive obligation at nationals and I can just handle every athlete in every session and let that be its own discrete trip for coaching exclusively. Um, and even in the event that that Article 14 doesn't go away, um, you know, I've seen a couple coaches who I'm, you know, very good friends with kind of take a bit more load on with, with handling, even while competing and still have great performances. And like, I will make it a point next year, regardless to just do, do more handling, um, in general, you know, in the, in the days leading up. So yeah, I, uh, I'm excited for that, but for me, I mean, the, the biggest takeaways were definitely um, the first one is like doing your scouting, scout like scouting 
scouting athletes is is something that is i think maybe not underrated but the thor- the thoroughness that people take to do it is probably not up to the standard that it should be um and one of the ways and we actually talked about this on on powerlifting now um but but like going through people's open powerlifting is like a cheat code you know because one thing that i think often doesn't change for athletes is the jumps that they're comfortable with taking um every athlete has their own way of approaching meets you know you go through any open powerlifting any open powerlifter any open powerlifting profile for a, for an athlete unless they've like changed coaches and dramatically have just like leaned into a different system chances are like they're opening with a certain squat because they plan on jumping 15 and 15 or they plan on jumping 10 and 10 or they plan on jumping 7 and 7 and it's like even if, and like in Aiden's case, right with Devin, he's like, I know how he moves. You might not know how he moves necessarily. You should do everything you can to watch footage to, to learn that. And I think that's the scouting most people do, right? But the scouting that most people maybe don't necessarily do and what can help you, even if you don't exactly know how somebody moves is you can go look at meat performances and say like, oh, well, the times where they've gone three for three, they've jumped like this, the times where they've missed squats, they've jumped like this. And it's like, you can kind of piece together what things, what good days look like for the lifter attempt selection wise, what mediocre days look like, what bad days look like. Right. And then from there, when you're in situations like Jaron, when you're in situations like what Aiden was in, when you're in situations like what I was in with, with Brandis in the, in the 75s, you can piece together attempt selection. Um, And then while you're going to make your decisions based off of your lifter, right? Like that's kind of one of the differences with, with powerlifting, right? Is that, you know, you don't have a a direct opposition that's stopping you from hitting your lift. You might be able to rest more comfortably and saying, well, okay, I know based on how this guy's moving, like he definitely doesn't have his normal projected third on squat, or I think he's going to miss this. Like let's secure this lift. Or if you know, for deadlifts, you know, based on the jumps that someone would normally take, you can evaluate whether or not, Hey, this, you know, this attempt, like we had with Kyle, for example, like this 50, 50 shot that we're taking, like maybe it's worth it because I don't know, Devin has grip issues or, you know, Dominique is going to just miss his third. Like you, you can kind of piece a lot of that stuff together. Um, and the second is a kind of obvious one, but it really is something that I think people, you know, can probably do to do things to practice more is that handling and attempt selection really is a skill. Um, that needs to be practiced actively. Like you get, I've at least found is like, it becomes so much more, it becomes sharper and more automatic as you're handling throughout the course of nationals, um, where just like your predictive power for attempts goes up. Um, and I think that a lot of coaches can probably, you know, obviously if you have the luxury to, to travel to meets or you're local to your athletes, like take the opportunity to handle something that I've done in the past. And I know, um, like a lot of, like, for example, one of the athletes I used to work with, uh, Steven Singleton, like he definitely prides himself on his like attempt selection and, and kind of accuracy in, in calling numbers. Um, I know that like, I've been like, I've watched meets with him and he'll just sit there and like, watch it on the screen and be like seven, 10 and like playing a game with yourself of like, this is the number I think you should load. And then just like keeping score for yourself. Like, was I right? Did they make the same call? Had they taken my number, would they have made it when they went up two and a half above what I said and missed? Like doing stuff like that to keep yourself sharp, I think is just an easy thing to do and something that maybe a lot of people don't don't think of. But like 
it's uh you know you watch some some attempts be called and you're like what is this person thinking and then you know they miss and you're just you know it's 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 obviously part of the game right but like the athlete's job is just to lift so you don't want to like take it out of your athlete's hands right you don't want to make the wrong call so yeah you got to be a nerd about it you got to you got to play meet the handling like a game <laughs> I, I I was I uh, I was pretty invested for me to handling for for Devin's session. Uh, that definitely helps knowing how um, his competitors moved and and uh, it didn't it didn't really influence my um, decision making too much until the end. We kind of just stayed on track and, uh, until the very end to get him nine for nine or you know uh, six for six up until that point. But uh, it, it just uh, it it felt confident knowing. Uh, being aware of how everyone else was moving on the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, mm -hmm. man. And even for your sessions, Sean, um, Steve and I were crunching a lot of, a lot of numbers and like different scenarios of from the beginning, honestly, like, you know, based on squats, what's going to happen? Um, what, what do we need to take on bench in order to, to hang with these guys and based off of their jumps that they've taken in the past for deadlift, you know what do we think that they have but also just historically what have they taken as their opener and then what if they jump to their second and then to their third so yeah i think that's that's a such an incredibly important aspect of, of meeting handling especially at these these high level competitions when every single attempt counts you know and, and a two and a half kilo going up or two and a half kilo going down like it can really make or break that lift Mm -hmm. I think uh, a good confidence booster is when you see someone like open unusually high and you're like, yeah, today's today's going to be a good day for us because <laughs> you just know they're going to miss lifts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. going to hit their opener and have like a 50% chance hitting their second. So, oh man. So, so that's, that's when you, that's, you know, that's always the best when, if you're going in someone who uh, gets a little overzealous there, but, um, yeah. 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 And and even like, you know, just going from it from a confidence standpoint for the person who is missing, you know, okay, if they go like one for three on squad and they fail their second and third on strength and they get crushed and, you know, say they go two for three on bench, but they get crushed on their third. Like by the time deadlifts comes around, not only physically are they like a little more yeah, beat, mentally, but just mentally it. it's like, yeah, man, you know, you just got, yeah, it's, it's, that's that's a big thing that I think about too when I'm thinking about attempts, especially in these these head to head battles. It's like not only are we trying to set these guys up for success physically, but just mentally and confidence and momentum wise. Like we want to make sure that these guys are feeling good coming into each lift and especially coming into their thirds. Yeah, uh, that that definitely um, that right there is something that influenced my um, my attempt selection for for Devin because. Because uh, mm -hmm. I wanted him to take a, like a, a e easy lightweight that was that he could confidently hit to depth, then like start the day off by uh, him feeling confident in his depth as well as also like convincing the judges right away. Um, and even if like he was a little high, like he it's still weight he was he's gonna blow up. Um, and then you know seventeen that's that's a big jump, but he's also uh, I mean he's a mid seven hundred squatter at this point, so. Um, yeah. No, that's it's not something that's completely outlandish. 
uh, that puts us too far away from uh, um, what we want to end with. So. Can we talk about how Devin squats in like the floppiest strength shop belt on planet? Earth? You know, what's funny. He actually lost that belt. So we have to do like, we're forced to do beltless training until he buys an SBD belt. And he's like, <laughs> well, I'm a broke college student, so that's not happening anytime soon. And I'm like, okay, that's great. <laughs> I don't know if anybody listening has ever felt one of those belts, but it's like made of foam. Like it, it, it feels like, <laughs> you know, when you like, you know, you go to like a child's daycare and like all the puzzle piece, like flooring, like the carpet, like that's what it, <laughs> that's what it feels like. It's, Dude, I don't know how, I don't know how someone squats as much as he does in that belt. So I'm sure when he gets a, a real one, it's going to be crazy. He also insane. asked me, he also asked me prior to going out for his opening deadlift, if there was a start command, so he's in prime time <laughs> vying for a podium spot. And he literally comes up to me. He's like, is there a start command? I'm like, bro, there's no way. There's no way that you're this strong. And you don't know that there's a Stark command for deadlift. Yeah, dude. That's ridiculous. Oh, He's, oh I, I love him, though, dude. The, uh, the environment of primetime is, like, different, man. Like, you feel like you just feel in the air. Shit's about to go down. But the thing is, I was handling Devin with, like, like just I was there with him and his, like, childhood friend that he'd known for years. And we were just, like, Kind of just dicking ourselves every time, like in between, like every, all the lifts. Like we were in the warm up room, and everyone was like dead quiet and super serious, just having like, you know, like you know, casual conversation, and or just like super like locked in. And then there's just like three of us like being goofballs, just having so, a uh, which was a good time. I think it was good for him because he was nervous. Like Devin was nervous, I could tell. So it was good to like keep his mind um, away from it. Yeah. yeah 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 that's a that's a good point man honestly based off of like the personality of the lifter you know that kind of that really does play a role into what kind of handler you want to be for them because if yeah. they're nervous you know then just like being really serious and kind of tense in the back over there with them it's it's probably gonna work to their disadvantage but if you can just kind of get them to be relaxed and you know just kind of have fun with it treat, treat it like a training day and you guys are joking around mm -hmm. there vibes are good It'll help him get relaxed more. Um, for Kyle, like he's pretty, he's pretty serious for the most part. Like he'll he'll joke around a, a bit too, though. Like he he would go up to Aiden and be like, "Hey, bro, you uh, you, you go to room forty after?" <laughs> Aiden's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Oh, room forty, like room forty's nuts." Oh my god, dude! I got it's god. just like <laughs> you know. So he'll he'll joke around too, but like um. As he's warming up, like he's pretty serious. He's pretty locked in. Dude. So, yeah, it's funny, man. I I had actually never heard that in my life. I I really got caught. He was just like, "We're going to room forty after this. You want to come?" And like, and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> little, little, yeah. bit, little did I know. What yeah, I he got me like. Too. He got me like three times with those those frat jokes throughout prime time. I was like, "God damn, I keep falling for this shit, man." <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh my god i'm gonna have to use that one i've never heard it either <laughs> uh, well michael i i want to ask you michael how was um how was nationals for you and you know what were some some big takeaways welcome back by the way michael <laughs> no worries yes I, I know. yes i, I, I enjoyed dying for you too. to be there 
Oh yeah. yeah, all the back and forth. I appreciate it, guys. I, it was it was a great time to get back, and uh, I think overall, it, uh, there was three main takeaways I took. I think my takeaways were probably a little uniquely different from some of your perspectives. But one takeaway was uh, I got to handle Charles Ice, one of Sean's lifters. Uh, it, and it was just a very fun and awesome experience. Charles uh, brings a lot of energy. Uh, he's a very fun guy. Uh, he trained very hard. Uh, like throughout this whole prep with uh, a variety of you know injuries that were not even from training it was just from extraneous things in life or or uh, partially uh, uh, maybe from training but something else came up so uh, watching his session go with like all the other masters lifters in that weight class uh, it was really cool to almost see them all kind of having like their own reunion this year saying hey like you guys are still able to be here in one piece and push ourselves and each of them were you know talking of the different injuries they were battling and you know working around the prep too and and uh it was also very inspiring just seeing some of those guys come out here and then uh, the fact that uh these guys uh in some ways almost think uh low of themselves because they're like oh like we're coming in with injuries we we didn't we're not as strong as we could be and i'm standing around telling them hey guys like out of any other mid-40s men i know you guys are in tip-top shape you guys are definitely the one percent putting in the work and you're here at nationals and that to me is an inspiration as a younger guy just watching and uh, that was one of the takeaways i think uh, a second highlight was uh, just meeting all the catching up or meeting uh, in person all the unique people in the community i think uh, a lot of a lot of people are self-starters business owners not necessarily the traditional route but there's also plenty of people who are in a more traditional or corporate type route who compete so just getting to catch up and, you know, uh, handle uh, Shannon in prime time uh, and hearing her backstory of protein bagel company and, and her running a bakery, essentially, uh, while initially working at Geico, I believe. And, you know, she was like, I didn't enjoy it. And I uh, just it was cool to uh, both talk to and, you know, handle her. And I think uh, uh, in some ways, personality fit was there. And I think throughout the meet, it was great to keep her composed and keep her spirits high because she was someone who was frequently saying oh i don't know if i can do it like uh, it might be a little too much and i was saying like what are you talking about the last lift moved amazing like you're doing great and uh we're just keeping her head in it and uh and having her just have an awesome day to kind of pay off for all the hard work she was doing and and i think uh, uh lastly it was really just like the community and history just being able to synergize organically with anybody who was on a warm-up rack and just you know being able to share racks with others and, and not have any issue with uh, expediting the warm-up process um guys like ben poor dan hell those names you mentioned like i i competed alongside dan in 2017 in nationals i was in the uh, weigh-in room i believe uh, with him and david garcia so seeing him still compete now ben poor i competed alongside and against him in the collegiate days and seeing how how successful he is now uh, even at, at this point in time still competing so i think uh just seeing all the people who've been around for so long that uh, haven't stopped, like they're still out there, they're still training. Guys like Soul, I've seen Soul for so many years too, uh, and and seeing him still go out there and put on a, even a better performance uh, than some of the previous times around, it's uh, really inspiring to just kind of see people at that level. So even though my roster, uh, you know, was more of a simplified roster, mainly people who. Uh, just qualified for nationals and was just wanting to go and get a good experience for the most part everybody did great uh, and i think uh, uh there wasn't too much game day drama of meat selection or attempt selection it was a pretty straightforward game plan for everyone but i think uh yeah those were the three main takeaways i had sweet sweet man nathan uh what about you man what were some some valuable takeaways or just anything that you uh that you went through anything that you saw at nationals that was different this time around 
Uh, so last year I had an awesome time in Vegas, uh, just helping handle like some, uh, athletes like under you guys and everything. And, uh, this year I felt a lot more comfortable, um, just being in the community. I felt like I kind of like, um, it was like a sense of belonging, like, okay, like I'm, I'm here. Like there's, uh, there's Sean, there's Marcellus, there's Steve, there's Jaron, there's like all these like awesome guys in there. I mean, you got the, the vendors there, like with like Kevin Papa 110 and like, just like all these like awesome people like in our industry and um, you know, everyone kind of somewhat knows each other, like maybe through like social media or somebody else, um, you know, that nature and stuff. And, you know, it's just awesome to like connect and be like, Oh, these people like are normal people, super real people down to earth. They've been there, done that. Um, it's just awesome. Uh, it was just awesome to be around so many people, but um, it, it was funny because I had um, like, I was back there during prime time for team Nori while I saw Marcellus and like all of like team craftsmanship back there with like, you know, Jasmine and like Michael and like, you know, Peter, like Oscar, all those guys that are like, you know, considered my teammates and like great people too. And um, just being able to, I, I think I helped handle between like uh, team Nori and team craftsmanship. I think I helped with not like call numbers, but just like make sure like everyone is like accounted for and uh, like, you know, warm and ready for like their openers, like flight A, flight B, flight B, flight C, whatever it is, um, about like 16 or 17 people. And it was a blast. I had so much fun. Uh, crunching numbers was absolutely wild too. Um, back there with Sean, uh, that was the most nerve wracking thing. Like I've like, you know, I played like a bunch of sports and stuff, but like then to put like that mental aspect in like, that is definitely an, like an area, like I would love to improve on and just like get just more like experience with anyway, just crunching, like, okay, two and a half, seven and a half, 12 and a half, like, you know, uh, even like how Sean was saying, like, um, like I was looking up, uh, you know, some lifter history, like, or just going to an Instagram or like going to open powerlifting or something like that. Like just to try to get like uh Brandis to lock up second as opposed to third. And, you know, just being back there during prime time was awesome. And, uh, I also got to help out Tim Hansen. Love the kid. He's an awesome, a uh, total gamer. I love him so much. Uh, he actually, uh, <laughs> during, squat, <laughs> during, uh, during squat, he was like, bro, like, I, like, I think I'm just going to hold, hold my, uh, he really had to pee, but he was like, dude, I squat better when I have a full bladder. And Sean and I looked at each other like, what are you talking about? Like, but he, he totally crushed it too. He absolutely killed it. Like it was hilarious. Wait, um, you're, you're missing a key part here because he had to pee before squats even started. And then he yeah. was like, I'm not going to go. I have to squat with a full bladder. Like I squat better this way. He comes off the platform finishing squats and goes, he literally comes up to me fully sincerely. He goes, I think I'm going to hold my pee for bench too. Yeah. And, and, and like, after that, we were like, nope, just go, dude. Like we have like literally 30, 40 minutes. Like we got a 10 minute timer. Like, dude, come on. Like you're going to like, I, that would hurt me so bad to get a brace and like get a full bladder. <laughs> like there's no way. You know, I was but, just, I was blown away by that. I couldn't. Yeah. Impressive. No, he was, he's incredible. <laughs> like he's, he's such a good kid. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was cool. Like he got, uh, he got, um, I believe he won the hundred kilo class for, uh, for the juniors, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, Sean, let me call a couple of numbers. And that was really special. That was really awesome. It, it, it did feel like almost like a, like an audition almost like, you know, he would, he was asking like, all right, coach, what would you put? And I'm like, well, shit, like he probably has, you know, this amount and just like, 
it all, it all worked out. And like, it was, it was a blast. I've seen Tim's training a lot too. He's made a ton of gains. Um, I think a couple of years ago, um, Sean was uh, asking for a handler for Tim at uh, team nationals. And I was like, Hey, I got a lifter there. You know, like I just threw my hat in the ring and I'm super glad I did. Cause you know, I, I got a really good friend out of it. And just like, I was able to, you know, like, you know, bond with Tim and like, just, you know, help him out. And uh, Brandis was awesome back in the warm up room too. She's very, like, she was very chill the whole time. Like you just had to tell her like, Hey, you know, we're taking this now, like in terms of like warmups. And um, yeah, she was a pleasure to work with too. Um, I worked with Rob Escalante. Love the man. Uh, he's great. I actually have, I actually have a shirt on right now. Um, <laughs> love him to death, you know, just such a smart guy and just like somebody like I really like look up to in the industry as well. Um, just like as a coach and lifter, man, like he's just great. Um, he had a tough day, but you know, he, he was in such high spirits and I loved it. Like he was just like, Hey man, it is what it is. You know, he still had a pretty good bench, you know, it's just like stuff was just a little heavy that day. And like, I think he was coming off of, I think it was like a, I'm not sure when he, like, I think it was like an eight week turnaround. I think like he competed like prior, um, which is tough. Like that's just tough for, you know, like a lot of people, I think. And like, I mean, again, it just like shows how competitive and just how awesome he is to just step on the national stage. This was his first national since I think 2017 or 2018, I think 2018, yep. is competing. So yeah, total stud. Um, but yeah, I had a blast uh, watching you guys get Kyle hype was, I mean, it just reminded me of like why I love the sport and just, why I love the people in it. Just like, I mean, not every lifter you have to go nose to nose with and like, you know, like get up in their face and, you know, absolutely just go crazy with, but he, he looked unconscious, dude. He was absolutely like locked in and just like, I, I could actually hear Sean uh, losing his voice too, like screaming at Kyle. Like I saw that and it was just great, dude. Like that's, I was like, yeah, man, I want to be a part of this. Like that's, it was incredible. It was just, it was a great time. Prime time was absolutely lit. Um, all the morning sessions were great. I, uh, I I was able to handle in nine out of 12 of them. I was there every morning. Um, it was great. Like, I mean, just the whole experience was, it was one of the best weeks like I've, I've had, like just like in a while or ever, honestly, like it was just so much fun. The people, the lifting, I mean, cause like we all love to lift weights, but like it, it just, it transcends so much more than just, you know, the platform or just like lifting, man. Like these are all just like, like just awesome people out here, you know? So yeah, I had a blast, man. It was just a great, great time overall. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my experience in uh, meeting uh, Jaron and uh, Michael for the first time. Um, it was just a absolute, just pleasure meeting both of these uh, gentlemen. Um, and I'm just so excited to be working alongside with like all of you guys too, you know? Yeah. That's amazing, man. I actually, I actually do want to, touch bases on that um that 82 session um because this was actually one another one of my takeaways from nationals too of just like the the standard that you know we need to have going forward um at least that's that's what that's what i took away with one of my lifters um that i had in the in that session um soul you know like that session was it was rough man that that uh flight specifically that flight and that platform you know it was it was crazy you know, um, it was a sea of red. Sea of red. It was a sea of red. It was. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it, honestly. You know, um, and 
maybe you see that at like a beginner meet and no one knows how to lift. You know what I mean? And everyone's opening too heavy or they're Mm -hmm. missing commands. But the flight that they were in, these are all of the top guys right before prime time. You know, so these are seasoned competitors, you know, some of the best in the nation. And it was it was crazy. It was insane to see, you know, and so was in the flight. Um, Rob was in that flight. Uh, Trevor Bolas. I think we had, I think, I mean, there were, there were a lot of really just talented high level competitors in that one. And going into that session, me and Sol were talking and we're like, dude, this one is going to be fucking sick. You know, I was even talking to Rob. We're like, this is going to be an amazing session, man. There's so many people that I feel like you guys are going to thrive off of each other and the energy is going to be great. But it was, yeah, it was insane to see, man. Like there were a few bomb outs from some of the top guys. Um, a lot of people going one for three, a lot of people, a lot of people missing on depth. And, you know, it was, it was crazy to see, but despite all that, you know, you can look at it two very different ways, right? You can look at it as like, man, that was, that was shitty. Um, whatever ref calls, blah, 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 squat depth, whatever this and that, or um, you can look at it as like, man, this, this things, but we got to take this and we got to be better moving forward. You know, and something that Soul said was like, man, even though this this performance stung and, you know, it was a little under his all time best in terms of like a meet PR total um, or just, yeah, just his, his best total in a meet. But it wasn't a terrible meet by any means. You know, I think he, he um, let's see, we went seven for eight as we scratched his third attempt bench. So still a solid meet overall. But, you know, we were just reflecting on it. And this is one of the things I absolutely love about Soul, man. He has such a great outlook on everything, lifting, life. But he was like, man, you know, I can say this and that, but, you know, the same platform that I didn't do well on, someone else succeeded on. You know, because there was one guy on that platform that went nine for nine, and it was Nico Flores. You know, and he was like, dude, I can complain. I can make calls. I can make say this and that about judging about depth, but man, there was someone out there that succeeded in those same circumstances. And that could have been me. And it can be me if we if we make those changes going forward, you know, so I love that, man. Um, and I think it's important for us to, ch- to touch on that too, you know, because a lot of times as coaches, we like to talk about all of the highs and like, man, this guy hit this and this PR total and this amazing three for three, whatever it may be. But like, there's going to be some, some performances that we're like, man, it didn't go according to plan, you know, but it's important to reflect on that and be like, we, we, this is what we're going to do going forward. And, um, yeah, I think even in that, in that flight specifically, you know, we were all there for each other on the team, you know, cause we had three guys in that flight. And if, uh, if someone didn't get their lift or if they were feeling down, like we had, three, four coaches around to, to bring each other back up. So um, that to me was, was very special too. Yeah, man. It reminds me of uh, like in baseball, for example, my, my high school coach, you know, we had a, uh, <clears throat> we've had, you know, you have games that are in the, the, the rain or maybe the, the dirt on the field is not, you know, and the grass is not manicured well, the balls are taking, you know, ground balls are taking tough hops. And it's like, number one, your, your opponent is playing on the same field. You are the same rain is coming down on them. And bottom line is at the end of the game, all you see is, is the score sheet. 
All you see is the box mm-hmm. scoreboard, right? Same thing with powerlifting. You see green lights, you see red lights or white lights, you see red lights, right? That's it. So, you know, no, nobody in, in is going to be talking about, oh, well, you know, the, this tough call was made on this lifter. It's like you, you know, like you said with soul, you know, there are other lifters who get it done. And that's, that's just, it's a cliche at this point in powerlifting, but it's just, you got to be undeniable and that's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, One, one last thing I want to say before we, you know, have some closing remarks here. I wanted to touch on because Nathan brought it up. I'm glad that he did is that one of the things that kind of put me over the edge to ultimately being on Saturday saying, yeah, I'm going to offer him the spot was handling Tim in that morning session, because I think it was around, I can't remember if it was at the start of the meet or if it was at bench, but Tim would come off the platform after taking an attempt. And I go, what are you loading? And he's like, and and Nathan is like, uh, what do you think? Maybe seven, 10, whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. What are you loading? Your coach right now, what are you writing on that attempt card? And like, we had this back and forth a couple of times. And then it finally got to a point where he's like, okay. Yeah. And like started being like more declarative. And he's like, I would load this. I'm like, okay, perfect. And that's what we would load. And then we get to his final deadlift and I load 12 for Tim after a second. We took 320 on a second. I put in 12 to go 332 and a half. And Nathan goes, I would go 10. And I was like, pull up the 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 live stream and I rewind it back and I go, shit, I think 10 is the right call. And I change my number from 332 to 330. And I think that if we went 332, Tim could have missed. And I was like, Nathan was right. Nathan made the right call. And, uh, you know, that's something that I, I, that was one of my favorite moments, I think from the meet, because, you know, it's, you know, Nathan, you were in a position of being like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not the one in charge here. I'm not the one who's even, you know, capable of making the calls. And that was the, that was the demeanor. That was the language that you used until I was like, dude, like I'm telling you be like, put yourself in this position now. Like you are capable of doing this, put yourself in this position and make the call. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess you could say it was an audition. Like I wanted, I wanted to challenge you, you know, I wanted to put you in that, in that position to, to make the right call. And like at the end of the meet where it mattered most for Tim to put up his first 800 kilo total, like you, you made the right call and I didn't, I think that's pretty sick. So I was, like I said, that was one of my favorite moments of, I think the entire week. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just extremely grateful, uh, like to just like be handed the keys, uh, even, even just for like, you know, deadlift, you know what I mean? Um, just, you know, I already knew like, he's a gamer, like he, you know, peaks pretty well. Like he's, he's just like a monster. Like he can, you know, like, you know, do what, you know, he like, you know, like sought out to do, but like, you know, just knowing like, okay, like the second move well, but like, you know, just, I mean, like, I just thought he had 10 left and, you know, just, uh, you know, like he's going to give it his all anyway. Like you could have loaded anything on there and he's just absolutely going to try and like, you know, smack it. And, um, you know, like, I, I just appreciate like have, um, you having that confidence in me and just like, I mean, I wasn't like, <laughs> I definitely wanted to rise to the occasion and not just like, you know, just, uh, go back, like go into a shell or just like not, you know, be confident. Like, I think that is one thing, like when it's my own lifter, I'm like, okay, bet we're going to do this. Like, like you're good for this. Like, you know, like, I, I don't like to, um, like, I, like, I, you kind of know like what your lifters kind of capable of. Right. But then when it's another person's lifter, you're like, 
dang, I, I, I don't want to like, you know, mess this up or like, oh, damn, like, I don't want them to go, you know, uh, like, you know, load too much or too little or whatever. But like, I was confident in, in my, you know, attempts. And like, I just really appreciate you giving me the keys uh, to be able to like, you know, make that call for him. Um, and like, I just, I like, as the days went on too, I just like got a lot more confident, like with like, you know, just like helping people like out in the warm up room too. And like, again, like it just goes back to just like, uh, just making like, you know, just intelligent calls and just like, you know, be like, okay, like don't get too emotional with that third attempt because I mean, you know, like you want to like made attempts are better than misses. And like, I mean, it's all context too, for like placing and, you know, like whether like you're crunching numbers or something like that, but yeah, it was just an absolute blast with that kid. Um, it was just awesome the, the whole entire time. And I'm just really thankful, um, that you let me do that with Tim as well. Of course, man. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, gentlemen. Is there any anything else? Any any sort of closing remarks? Anything you guys wanted to touch on before we wrap this one up? I think Jaron was saying earlier that uh this was, you know, a very memorable meet. And I I, I second that. Uh, I think, you know, I've had lots of, you know, meets that have you know come and gone and haven't been the most memorable. Um you know, events, even had like big meets, like, like some nationals that are kind of just a blur, but like this one is, is very memorable and it's definitely a special one that I'll, I'll be looking fondly on. Yes, sir. Yeah, I agree, man. You know, lots of, lots of highs and, you know, I'm glad that we had that time to, to celebrate each other with those highs. But like I said, man, there were, there were some lows, but I think what makes our team very special is that we were, able to be there for for each other when there were some of those lows you know some of those stressful times or some of those performances that didn't go according to plan like this is what i always tell people man but it's like it's easy to be there for your teammates and for your lifters when things are going well you know it's you'll you'll see who's really in your corner when when we go through some lows you know we'll see who really sticks around and who's really there to support you you know if you're i mean yeah, one of the un unfortunate examples was uh, was when Trevor um, unfortunately missed his three squats. But, you know, right after that, man, we were all right there with him. You know, we're all right there. Me, Nathan, all the boys, you know, making sure that he, he was supported and that he knew he was taken care of, you know. And uh, even, at, at Sean, after, after, um, after your performance, you know, like, I know you didn't want to talk to anyone, but I was like, hey, man, at the very <laughs> least. Yeah, I, I know you didn't want to. I'm sorry. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bring us back to that. I know you're putting your hand over your head, but like. I lobotomized you know, myself, man. Was, I already I erased that. Man. <laughs> you know, it was, it, I know you were, you know, just going through a lot and like didn't want to talk to anyone. Even it was kind of funny. Even some people, they know how, they they know you, right? Like, I think it was Brandon Petrie came up and he was like, I think he stuck his hand out or something and he was going to say something, but you're like, nope. And he was like, Hey, all good. All good, man. Just want to tell you, I love you. Like, just want to tell you I'm here, you know, that's it. Um, yeah, that, you know, that's funny because he came up to me <laughs> and before he could say anything, I, I was like, nah. And he goes, no, no, no. I wasn't coming over here to say anything. He was like, well, you know, like, see you back. At, see you home. See you back home. Like that was it. It was just <laughs> yeah. like a, like he knew yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna try to say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like you the last thing I know this, the last thing you want to hear anyone say is good job. 
Yeah. Like I know that shit would piss you off so bad. So, you know, like I was like, okay, you know what? At the very least, man, you know, it's important. Like I stuck with you, you know, I was right by your side the whole time. And that's important. It's like, even if I'm not going to say anything, you know, like, fuck, I'm not going to leave you just with your thoughts by yourself, you know? I appreciate um, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Man, to me, those those moments are very special. They're just as special as the as the wins, because you know, um, yeah, that's that's when we're really there for each other as a team. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's funny because like there are so many people who did say good job, and I'm just like, eh, and they're like, you benched an American record, and I just like you can't say it without sounding like a dick, but it's like I would have had to die in the warm up room and not gone out for a bench to have not benched an AR. Like it sounds so obnoxious <laughs> and dickish, but it's just like, like that it had to happen for me to even like make it to deadlifts that had to happen. But to bring it back to a more wholesome point, Trevor, for example, was very, very down. And and this is for people listening. I'm sure he doesn't necessarily want this rehashed, but he bombed out on depth last year as well. So to come back to back nationals, anticipating a 700 pound squat, for that to happen is very demoralizing. But now he's already signed up for another meet. He had his period of being upset about it, reflecting on it. But about a week and a half ago, he had reached out and like the fire is completely reinvigorated. He's like, I have momentum right now. Like his training was going great. Like his issue is that he just mm-hmm. squats really wide and it's like, it's like right there. You know, the the guys back in the warm-up room tried to get him to bring a stance in and maybe turn his feet out and just didn't work out. And obviously there's no, there's no uh, you know, putting on my coaching hat. There's no excuse. I mean, I've told him, I was like, this, this is just non-negotiable. Like it needs to be fixed. But, you know, he came to me and was like, my training's still hot. I want to compete. I need to redeem myself. And it's like, I think that, you know, it's a testament to, you know, guys like Nathan, guys like Jaron, people back there in the warm-up room who, you know, you probably think back to those moments as a lifter where you're like, damn, like, I'm not really alone. This wasn't as bad as I thought it was in the moment. Like, I don't need to, I could pick myself up. I don't need to throw myself a pity party. Like, let's just get better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, can, can I can I say one thing? Um, Jaron was awesome with Trevor when all that like, happened too. I even told uh, Jaron, I'm like, man, that's some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever heard. You know what I mean? And like, he, he didn't want to hear any, like he probably didn't want to hear anything. Right. Like you go back to back Nance and it's, I mean, that's very, very tough, but um, you know, just being back there. I mean, I even talked to him a little bit too. I'm like, Hey man, you're one hell of a lifter and, and guy. And uh, you know, I mean, you're going to be back better than ever. And like, it stings now, you know? And, and again, maybe, maybe with like, with what I was telling him too, maybe in, in one ear and out the other, but he was like, nah, man, I appreciate you. Blah, blah. Um, and it's like, it, it's hard to be around some people um, like, like, like acutely after, you know, a bomb out happens or like maybe not a great meet, but uh, no, he's a great, great guy with a good head on his shoulders too. And he's going to be back and squatting something crazy at 82. Like he is crazy as a squatter and just so like he's a whole lifter too like his other lifts are great too uh but yeah jaron you did an awesome job like with him too like it was great oh i, I appreciate that man yeah just i mean honestly yeah just wanted to be there for him as much as i could man and like you said he's such a phenomenal person um a great lifter but yeah more importantly man he's an amazing person just out of the interactions that i've had with him so Excited to see what you guys uh, come up with, uh, Sean, for his next competition. And I'm really, really 
looking forward to to seeing his next meet, man. I appreciate it, man. I think it'll be good. I yeah. think this will this will reestablish the the confidence and and put him on a positive trajectory. But yeah, man, mm-hmm. I appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, if there's nothing else. I think I think this was a really really packed episode, and I'm and I'm really thankful. Also, the dynamic for five people on a podcast, I think was very smooth. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. All right. Well, gentlemen, this was a wonderful time Uh, to everybody listening. I appreciate all of you for tuning in to episode 22. Is that correct? Mr. Jin 22, 22 of the high bar podcast. Appreciate all of you listening. We will see you in the next one. Take care.